friends and today we are continuing with part two of faith and friends faith and friends we spoke last week concerning the man the paralytic who was carried to Jesus by four men who deemed it important that this man should receive peace and he should receive his healing from Christ and we spoke about the fact that we should find those type of friends that are willing to carry us to the Christ whether it is through prayer whether it is through church or any channel that God permits but the importance is us getting to the Christ and we spoke about that last week and we had a beautiful time and we spoke about the importance of finding yourself in the correct circle the correct circle and we are continuing with part two today faith and friends turn with me to mark chapter 5 mark chapter 5 remember we spoke from mark chapter 2 last week mark chapter 5 and we will be reading today from verse 35 up to verse 43 mark 5 from verse 35 to verse 43 the word of god declares while jesus was speaking they came from the ruler's house who some said the ruler is jairus in this case who some said your daughter is dead why trouble the teacher who was jesus why trouble the teacher any further but overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. Other translations would say, Do not be afraid, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. Verse 39, and when he had entered, he said to them, why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. Verse 40, and they laughed at Jesus, but he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was, taking her by the hand Jesus said to her, Talita kumi, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years of age. And they were immediately overcome with amazement. And he strictly charged them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. God bless the reading of his word. Now we are continuing with faith and friends. Now in Mark 5, 21, the word of God declares, we, we read when Jesus 
had crossed again in the boat to the other side. A great crowd gathered about him and he was beside the sea. Now remember what we said last week in Mark chapter 2. We also spoke about the fact that a great crowd also came to the house where Jesus healed the paralytic. And we said the people in the house were so much and so many that those, the others had to stand on the porch outside because they could not get in because they surrounded Jesus. Because by this time they already knew what Jesus could do. They already knew that he could do great and mighty miracles and the crowds followed him. And this is where the paralytic was carried to Jesus. And again, we see in Mark chapter 5 that the same thing happens that the crowd gathers around Christ again. So here Jesus crossed the Sea of Galilee. Remember when the word of God says the Sea of Tiberias, I spoke about it a few weeks ago and I said the Sea of Tiberias is also the Sea of Galilee. So when Jesus crossed the Sea of Galilee, the crowds who knew the power that Jesus had, they made sure that they would gather there in order that he could minister to them through this mighty works that he had already done. And then Mark 5 verse 22 says, Then came one of the rulers, very important, Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, And seeing him, he fell at Jesus' feet. Now as the crowd gathers around Christ, One of the rulers, the Bible says one of the rulers, In other words, this man was a head of a synagogue, He was a leader of the synagogue in Capernaum. So this man approached Jesus and according to Matthew, who gives account of the same situation and of the same story about Jairus approaching Jesus, according to Matthew, this man had a discourse with Jesus. But when this man approached Jesus, Jesus also had a discourse with the disciples of John the Baptist. So Jesus spoke to John the Baptist and they have this discourse and they they, they speak to one another and John's disciples have a problem regarding fasting and while Jesus speaks to them regarding fasting, this man, leader of the synagogue, approaches Jesus and the Bible says he fell at Jesus' feet. In fact, Matthew uses the word, he does not say that this man fell at Jesus' feet. Matthew uses the word, he worshipped him. Now note, that Jairus was not any man, but Jairus was a leader of a synagogue. And a synagogue was a place of worship where people and congregations would get together and worship God as Jews. And Jairus was a leader of this specific synagogue in Capernaum. And when Jairus entered the presence of Christ, he fell to his knees. Matthew says he worshipped. Which brings me to the point that that pride can affect faith. Pride can affect your faith. If you are not willing to fall at the feet of the Christ, 
then the Christ cannot do anything for you because unless you humble yourself, God is not able to love you. And, and we have it the other way around nowadays because we exalt ourselves and yet we expect God to bless us. But God says, unless you have it the other way around, as soon as you humble yourself, and then I shall meet you at the point of your faith. So pride can affect your faith. And it is very important to understand, Jairus came into the presence of Christ. And when he came into the presence of Christ, the Bible says, Matthew says, he worshipped him. In other words, he fell to his knees. So it is important when we come into the presence of God, it is important that we humble ourselves. And therefore, for years, we have been going to church every Sunday, and we've been praying and praying and praying, and we did not get breakthroughs from God and blessing from God, and we've been wondering, where is this God that people are talking about? But the problem was never God. The problem was our pride. So we have been been going from ministry function to ministry function and we've been going from crusade to crusade from conference to conference and yet God could not bless us not because he is unable to but because we have too much pride and Jairus teaches us an important principle when you come into the presence of the Christ you humble yourself and you worship him And we struggle to see blessings and miracles happen in the church because we are not really willing to worship. And I'm not talking about just coming in and singing a song. But I'm talking about the type of worship where you don't really care who thinks what of you. I'm talking about the type of worship where you come into the presence of God saying it is just you and me today because whoever I see around me may not be able to help me with the problem that I have and only you can help me with the problem that I'm dealing with. So I am here to worship you. I don't care what people think of me. I don't care if I look stupid. I don't care if I look dumb according to them, but I'm here to worship you and I'm here to fall at your feet in your presence because you can deliver me from the evil that I'm encountering. And my question to us this morning is, even if you are listening online, my question to us this morning is, how far are you willing to go to experience God in your life? Because Jairus could, took his, he could take his title and put it one side and say, I know I'm a leader of a synagogue, but I am willing to take my title and put it one side and humble myself in front of the crowds who worship in the synagogue where I lead. Which, which brings me to the point that we became so bigger than life as church leaders and pastors that we ourselves became afraid to kneel at the altar. Because the only thing we see is, we are the preachers and you should kneel at the altar. But if we have to be real and truthful to ourselves, we are dealing with some challenges that needs to drag us to the altar as well. But you see, the culture that has been established in the church is, when the pastor goes to the altar and he kneels, the first thing is, what has he been doing? You see, we need more wisdom in the church and more humility. 
to stop thinking things about one another and to pray with one another. You see, when someone goes to the altar, it is not our duty to think what that person has done, but it is our duty to pray alongside that person to say, God, deliver him with whatever he's dealing. It's not my business. It's your business, but I know you can deliver my brother or my sister. Very important. Jairus teaches us an important principle. And the question is, how far are we willing to go in order for God to deliver us? In fact, I'm, I'm asking us this morning, what are we willing to leave behind in order for God to meet our need? Because there are some stuff and some people that we are not willing to leave behind to pursue the Christ that has the blessing that we need. Because we still care about petty things. Like, if I do this, people will laugh at me. And that is pride. And God cannot bless me unless I humble myself. And then in Mark 5 verse 23, the word of God states, Jairus implored, this is very important, he implored Jesus earnestly saying, my little daughter is at the point, listen, she's not dead yet. She's at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. So it seems to me that Jairus know if she doesn't receive her healing now, she will die. Because he says, unless you lay your hands on her, she will not live. The Bible says Jairus implored him earnestly. In other words, he prayed to Christ with seriousness. That's what it means when it says he implored him earnestly. He prayed to Jesus with seriousness because he knew that his daughter was at the point of death. So he doesn't have time to sound eloquent. He doesn't have time to sound intelligent. He doesn't have time to put his title before the Christ. The only thing he does is, unless you lay your hands on her, my daughter will die. Which, and he teaches us a beautiful lesson. That, that it's not in the beautiful prayers that we make. It's not the beautiful and the most expensive words that we use when we pray. But sometimes it just takes a simple prayer of desperation and seriousness. Saying, unless you do it for me, no one else can. Unless you lay your hand on me, no one else can heal me from the disease that the doctors have declared. You see, Jairus teaches us. That it's not how beautiful we pray. Yeah. It's the fact that we need to become more serious in the way that we pray. Yes, and therefore, I said last week, if only we can see God the way we seek a job. <laughs> the seriousness we have about that, the urgency we have concerning that if only we can see God as we see things. The seriousness we have in those things. You see, Jairus had no time to waste. Jairus had no time 
to think of himself as a leader in that specific moment. The only thing he needed was Christ. Only you can do this for my daughter. And the only thing that could count that moment was the seriousness of his worship in the presence of the Christ. And I'm saying to us, may the only thing that counts on a Sunday morning here be the seriousness of our worship when it comes to the Christ. It's not what we have on. It's not the beautiful clothes and the expensive clothes. that we, we, By this time, we should have been way past those things in the church. In fact, it's, it's, it's not how great I sound in a sermon. But it's the seriousness of our worship in this space. And therefore, I always state, we shouldn't wait for God to bless us with our great big building before we become serious in our worship. Excellence, when it comes to God, starts wherever we find ourselves. For you see, Jairus was beyond the point of who he was as a leader because he knew that the only person that could salvage his shipwreck was Christ. And I'm saying to you, in this world, it may, it may be who you know. It's a statement, eh? it's, it's, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And in this world, that may be applicable. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, it is about knowing the Christ. It's not about who we know. It's not about how much we have. It's not about all those things, but it is about knowing the Christ, the series of our worship when it comes to Jesus. And then Mark, first five, Mark chapter 5 verse 24. And the Bible says, And he went with him. Jesus responds to humility. He responds to a man willing to humble himself so much to a point where he doesn't care about his title anymore or anything like that. And we know there are some people you, if, if, if you don't mention their title, they will slaughter you. <laughs> but Jesus responds to his humility. And the Bible says, Jesus went with him. And a great crowd, the crowd still follows. The Bible says, and a great crowd followed him. And they pressed towards Christ. While he's walking with Jairus. So now the pressure of the Christ the pressure of the crowd is upon the Christ while he's walking. So Jesus cannot hurry while he's walking with Jairus because the crowds are too much that surrounds him. You see, but it, the beautiful thing about Jesus still going there is the fact that the faith of Jairus moved the Christ. You see, Jesus could have said, the crowds are too much. I will not be able to make it to your house now. But he said, I'm going with you nevertheless. Because the faith that Jairus had that Christ is able to heal his daughter moved him. So the crowds did not stop Christ from moving with Jairus. But while the crowds move with Christ and with Jairus, the Bible says, while on their way, 
there was a woman who touched the hem of his garment and then we know of the story about the woman with the issue of blood and the bible says this woman was challenged for 12 years with this condition and this woman said to herself if i can only touch the hem of his garment i will be made whole and when she touched the hem of his garment the bible says power left him and she found her healing so jesus asked the question who touched me because he perceived that power left him so the disciples spoke to him and said there are so many people surrounding him so they didn't know who touched him but nevertheless my focus is not on the woman with the issue of blood this morning but on Jairus and his daughter but but my point is Jesus was speaking to this woman after he found out who touched him he turned and he said to her daughter your what your faith has made you well go in peace and be healed of your disease and while he speaks to this woman another incident happens the bible says while he was still speaking there came from the ruler's house some who said your daughter is dead now remember when Jairus approached him the daughter was still alive but she was sick so by this time Jesus stopped to heal another person and now the people come and they say the daughter of Jairus is dead which brings me to the point that this can happen to us because when God bless someone else while we are waiting hey the challenge becomes tougher the challenge becomes tougher because now they've been waiting for Christ to come to the house of Jairus to heal his daughter but Jesus stops to heal someone else before he gets there and this can be one of our biggest challenges while Jesus blesses someone else we are still waiting and most of the time in that situation we do feel like I called you first and yet you are blessing that person before you bless me and they say your daughter is dead but listen to the next question why trouble the teacher any further why do you continue walking with him towards your house why do you bother Jesus any further now this is critical when looking at the circle that you are with in terms of your faith because Jairus called Jesus for help but the people that surrounded Jairus on a regular basis come and they ask him the question why do you bother the teacher any further your daughter is dead you see they were they were quick to report the tragedy but they were also quick to discourage Jairus by saying why do you bother the teacher any further and I'm saying to you there will be circles that is dangerous for you 
because they will discourage you from meeting with the Christ in terms of your faith. There will be circles that you will be with that will be quick to report the tragedy in your life while discouraging you from God coming through for you. They will ask you the question, why bother him any further? In fact, they will say there's no hope for you in your condition or in your situation. Let me tell you, there are people that you will roll with that has so much unbelief they will make you doubt God. And you need to be careful about those circles. In fact, the word of God will declare that Christ is able to do this for you. But there will be circles that will be dangerous for your faith. Because they will ask you the question, they will say, this is your situation, you have been struggling with this for such a long time, why bother the teacher any further? There's no hope for you anymore. There will be people that will say to you that it's over, God will not be able to come through for you. Maybe you should just make peace with it. And the truth is, just because it didn't work out for them, they will often tell you that it will not work out for you. Because they place limitation on their faith in God, they will try to place that limitation on your faith. Because they told themselves a long time ago, God does not heal anymore. That stopped in the New Testament. They will tell you, the only way you can be healed is a doctor. And they will tell you that because they have limitations on their faith, there's no way that your faith can move mountains. In fact, because they don't believe that God can do the impossible, it becomes impossible for them that God can do something for you impossible. They will ask you the question, why bother him any longer? And Mark 5 verse 36, 36 says, Jesus, overhearing what they said, Jesus said to Jairus, he heard what they said, and then he says to Jairus, do not fear, only believe. Jesus heard what the doubters said. But he helps Jairus shift his focus from fear to faith. And I'm saying to you, 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 you are currently finding yourself in circles that has, that has moved your faith to your fears. And God is saying to you today that shift your focus and leave the fear and turn it to faith. He says, do not be afraid, only believe. And that faith is knowing that whatever God has promised Abraham, he is able to perform. He is able to perform. And I'm saying to you, find yourself in circles 
that will sow less fear in your life than more faith. Find yourself in circles that will have more hope for your life than perish. Because we become so accustomed to circles that want nothing good for us. And we are so loyal to those circles and they want nothing good for us in life. And I'm saying, move away from circles that fills you with fear and find a circle that fills you with faith. That says, the teacher can still do this for you. I'm saying, spend less time with those who say God can't. <laughs> and spend more time with those who says, my brother, can I pray with you? Because God can. Find yourself with those type of circles. What do you have to lose? Because the circle that plants fear in your life, you have a lot to lose. But those who shift your focus from fear to faith, there is so much to gain. And then in verse 37, the Bible says, and he allowed, look what Jesus does. He allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. Jesus dismissed the crowds before he came to Jairus' house to give him his breakthrough. And I'm saying to you, there are some journeys that you will have to take alone in your life. You see, the problem with us is we want to take everybody with. And we can see the circle is not beneficial to where God wants to take us. But we want to take everybody with. And the baggage that you carry is slowing you down from your purpose. Why do you want to carry everyone with you? Because everyone has his divine purpose within Christ. When God calls you, he calls you alone. Do you know that? Often when God finds you, he doesn't, he doesn't call the whole crowd. He speaks to you personally. You see, I'm, I'm saying to you, stop forcing circles to go where God is calling you. And this is the reason why a lot of people are not willing to answer God's call in their lives. Because they are willing, not willing to leave the crowds behind. You see, leaving others behind to pursue the Christ is called faith. Remember what Abraham, when we started the faith series, we spoke about the process of strong faith. The first thing God spoke to Abraham, he said, leave your kindred and go to a place that I will show you. He separated him from the crowd. And God is calling you to be separated from the crowd. Why do you, I asked the question last week, why do you continue to allow people to make decisions for you on your behalf in your life, knowing that God is calling you to a better place? The Word of God says, we are moving to the end, the Word of God says in Mark 38 and 39, Mark 5, 38 and 39, the Word of God says, they came to the house of Jairus, and Jesus saw, I like this, Jesus saw a commotion 
people weeping and wailing loudly weeping and wailing loudly and when he entered he said to them why are you making a commotion and weeping the child is not dead but sleeping you see jesus in plain english asked them is it necessary to perform is it necessary to perform in this manner to make a big deal and to be seen by people who can perform here why are you making a commotion out of this whole thing because some of them some of them wept loudly but they had no interest they had no real interest in what Jairus was going through and I'm saying to you today that pretense is not from God yeah. but honesty is yes, pretense is never from God but honesty I'm, I, I guarantee you wherever pretense is found people are fighting in circles mm. pretense is never from God but honesty and integrity is find yourself in a circle that knows the importance of being honest with you not cowarding you from behind but knowing that you know when when, when i speak to glennis we we have an honest and open relationship i can say you know i didn't like what you did you know but pretense is a dangerous thing they they made a big deal and they cried and they screamed loudly there they made a big deal but they had no in, real interest in what he was going through and most of us make the mistake of running after people who hate us secretly when uh, here i say most of us make the mistake of running after people who hate us secretly and pretend to love us openly And remember what I said last week? We can't even go to the toilet because we are afraid what they are going to say about us when we get up. Find yourself in a better circle. And Mark 5 verse 40 says, When Jesus said the child is not dead, she's sleeping. This is evidence that they didn't have the best interest for Jairus. Listen, they laughed at Jesus, but he put them all, look what he does, he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. You see, as quick as they pretended to cry with them, they started laughing at them. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm saying to you, if you continue with the circles that doesn't have your best interest of the Christ, <laughs> they are quick to celebrate with you when it's a party. But when things become a struggle in your life, they will laugh at you. You see, they will, they will pretend with you. They, they will do everything that benefits them with you. But let me tell you, as soon as you go through a struggle, they will laugh at you. Verse 41 says, 
Jesus took her by the hand and he said to her, Talita Kumi, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. You see, the faith of Jairus did not allow him once to tell Jesus, it is no longer needed for you to come. Did we get that? On his way, he started and he said, come and heal my daughter. On his way, they said to him, your daughter is dead. Do not bother him any further. When he got there, they started crying and making a big commotion. But not once did Jairus say to him, it is no longer need for you. No longer need for you to come. Jairus still had the faith that Jesus is able to resurrect his child from the dead. You see, your faith should go beyond earthly limitations that people have placed on you. I'm saying to you today that your faith in the Christ should go beyond what they have said about you. Because some of your circles has cancelled your destiny. They spoke things that went into your spirit, that gave you low self-esteem, that made you doubt yourself. Some of you want to study, some of you want to do great things for God. And they have spoken and they have asked you the question, who are you? Why are you? Can you really do this? And I'm telling you right now, you haven't thought about it yet. But if you really look at your low self-esteem in certain areas of your life, I guarantee you that some of the things that people, even family, has spoken into your life went straight into your belly and it has made you stuck. And you can no longer pursue what God has done. But if you can learn one thing from Jairus today, it is whatever they said didn't matter to him. He still had the faith that Jesus, even when she died, can save the situation. Now I want to encourage you by saying whatever they have spoken into your life in those circles, trying to cancel your destiny, I'm saying to you, Christ can still do it for you. He can still do great and mighty things through your life. I know what I'm talking about. Because mm-hmm. there are things that I'm still battling that they said to me in circles that I chose. In fact, there are things that I'm still battling with that they said at school, at primary school. Don't underestimate that. Don't underestimate what certain teachers spoke into your life at school. You are useless. You you will end up just like you are. Don't underestimate that. But I'm saying to you, it doesn't matter. If you have the faith of Jairus, whatever circle said, doesn't matter. And I, I want to conclude by with this last verse. The Bible says, and immediately the girl got up and began walking. After Jesus said, little girl, I say to you, arise. She got up and began walking for she was 12 years of age. And they were, listen to this, and they were immediately overcome with amazement. Bible says, when Jesus resurrected her, they were immediately overcome with amazement. And in conclusion, I'm saying to you today, when placing your faith in God, whatever they said about you, when God is done with you, will blow their minds. 
they will be amazed. Yes, okay. Just a few weeks ago, you, you can ask my mother-in-law, someone asked someone who spoke about me, pastoring a church and said, Shannon Fani Shanti. I'm saying to you that whatever God can do in your life, if you allow Him to and you have faith and you give your life to Him, it will blow their minds. Do not pursue crowds. Pursue Christ. Mm -hmm.